0: Welcome to Real Testaments, the messages shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed, and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you. If you have a Bible, would you please turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4 this morning, I'll speak from my heart as God has laid it in my heart this morning. The book of Exodus chapter 4, I'll read from verse 1 to 4. Shall we rise up to read the word of God together? Shall we rise up this morning to read the word of God together? It's on the screen, so. And Moses answered and said, now this was the point where the bush was burning at Horeb, where Moses was a shepherd. And he turned and saw that the bush was burning. And Moses answered and said to God, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. Now, God had told Moses that he was going to go back um, to Egypt to bring out Israel out of Egypt. So Moses was talking about his shortcomings and the impediments to the nation-building task. That God had given unto him. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, the Lord had not appeared unto thee. Now, who are the people that will not believe him? It's even the Israelites themselves and the Egyptians. And the Lord said to him, this is a key verse. What is that in your hand? And he said, rod." And God said to him, cast it to the ground. And Moses cast it to the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses took off, because he was scared of what his rod had become in his presence, just by a single act of obedience. And the Lord said unto Moses, come back, don't take off. Put forth thy hand again, and take the serpent by the tail. And he put forth his hand, cut the serpent by its tail, and it became a rod in his hand. Verse 17. Verse 17. Verse 17. And God said unto Moses, you shall take this rod in your hand, and with it, you shall perform signs. You shall take this rod in your hand, and with it, you shall perform miracles. You shall take this rod in your hand, and with it, you shall perform greater things than you ever imagined that you could accomplish. This morning, I'll be speaking on the theme, the rod that God uses. The rod that God uses. Let us pray. In Jesus' name. Father, we commit this moment unto your hand and we ask that you speak freely this morning in the name of Jesus. Look beyond my shortcomings. Look beyond my limitations, O oh God. And speak your word, O oh God, through my tongue, O oh God, this morning unto your people. I come against every hardened heart, every stubborn heart this morning. Let your word be received with power, with efficacy, with direction, to cure confusion in the name of Jesus. That somebody we are waking to their purpose once again this morning. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. The rod that God uses. The rod is a symbol of of authority but it could also be used to inflict punishment and that's why the bible says um if you spare the rod you spoil the child but that rod which is a symbol of authority could also be a symbol of comfort and that's why the psalmist says thy rod and thy staff they comfort me but the rod all in all is a symbol that epitomizes leadership and authority leadership and authority But for Moses, hear me now. For Moses, the rod did not become a symbol of leadership and authority from day one. The first contact that Moses had with the rod was an instrument for business. Because Moses was in the business of cattle rearing. So the major tool that he had for cattle rearing was what? The rod. It was this same rod that God was now telling him will become a symbol of leadership and a symbol of authority, which means this rod that you hold in your hand can do more than you see it that it can do. There is more to you than you see already. There is more to you. There is more in your capacity that God has placed in you. So God was going to expose him, what, to the use of the rod. Now, Moses, while he was in Egypt, he had developed an intuition for leadership, he had developed an idea of his purpose. He was comfortable in the palace. But one day, he got out of the palace and said he wanted to go and check up on the people of Israel to find out how they were doing. And the first day he got to the field, what happened? He, he, he met um, an Egyptian beating up an Israelite. And what did he do? He killed the Egyptian. Now, he had a purpose that he knew that there was something about him that needed to save this Israeli nation. He tried to start a little, but he killed the Egyptian. The next day, he went out again. He saw two Israelites fighting. And he was trying to settle the fight. And they said, do you want to kill us like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? And what did Moses do? Moses ran away. Now, he had displayed an intuition for his purpose. But because he ran into trouble, he ran away from his purpose. Hear me now. He ran away from his purpose because he ran into a problem. Many of us run away from the purpose that we know that God has given us when a little issue comes up in our life. We start to flee away. But for Moses, while he was running away from purpose, he ran into a business. He started to learn the art of what being a shepherd boy. He ran into a business. And it was while he was doing that business, running away from purpose, that he ran into a purpose. So while he was trying to flee from what he thought he could do, he ran into it. It's like. Somebody sent to your tent, all Israel. And when he gets to the tent, he discovers that that tent is a tabernacle. So what are you running away from? What is scaring you that you are fleeing from? God, when he appeared to Moses, was basically telling him, you are no longer becoming a shepherd of sheep, but you are going to be a shepherd of men. So it was the same skills, the same talent, the same understanding, the same knowledge that Moses had already developed while he was running away from purpose that he was going to use when he got back into purpose. Same shepherd. This same thing happened to Jesus and the disciples, Peter, James, and John. They were fishers of fish. But Jesus Christ said, I will turn you from a fisher of fish to what? To a fisher of men. The same knowledge, how to throw their nets to catch fish, was the same knowledge that they were going to use to throw their nets into the world to raise souls. The same knowledge. Many of you today, you are not working in the house of God because you think you cannot use your business knowledge in the house of God. Error. Praise God. When God took Moses away, now, where did this conversation happen in Exodus chapter 4? It was at Horeb. At Horeb. God took him from Horeb and brought him back to Horeb when he was going to give him the Ten Commandments. The same Mount Horeb was the same place that God gave him. So when Moses thought he was running away, he was actually understanding the terrain that they were going to be for several years. Somebody is in business today, but God is preparing you for ministry. God is preparing you for purpose, but you don't know it. But God is preparing you for purpose. Now Moses had some challenges which he displayed in that short conversation. And I will just quickly try to run through a few of them as quickly as my time is running this morning. Number one, point number one. Moses underrated and despised the capacity of what he had until he came in contact with God. He despised it. Now, when God told Moses, now listen to this, you must get this. When God told Moses, he said what? You are going to use this rod to perform miracles. Moses was asking the question, how am I going to communicate with this Pharaoh? God got angry and he said, Because Moses said what? I stutter. I'm a stammerer. I stutter. So how will I communicate? And God said to him, Aaron will speak for you. Aaron will what? Speak for you. Listen, when God created Moses and when God created you and I, God created us complete. So even what you thought was a defect in you is a completeness of God in you. There is no defect in you. God was ready to use that same tongue ...of Moses to perform miracles. But Moses underrated that tongue. And guess what got Moses into a problem? Why did Moses not enter into the promised land eventually? That same tongue. The second time that God told him you are going to use your tongue... ...was to go and speak to the rock in Numbers chapter 20. And he said to him, when you get there... ...speak unto the rock and water will come out from the rock. But what did Moses do? Moses took the rod and said to strike the rod... ...and water came out and God said, because of this rebellion... ...that you have done, you will not enter... Do not underrate something that God has given to you. Many of us are underrating ourselves now because we think good cannot come out from this. But today we repent from underrating ourselves in the name of Jesus. Be careful of what you rule out in your life. Be very careful of what you rule out. Because God can take anything and make it become everything. In the name of Jesus. God created the word in six days using his mouth. Jesus Christ did not part the Red Sea, Jesus Christ did not uh, uh, um, uh, bring pillars of fire and cloud by night, but Jesus Christ used his mouth to perform miracles. Moses had no knowledge about this because nobody had written it down for him. And so God said, He will correct this, and Moses started to write the first five books of the Bible, even things that he did not witness in creation, God used Moses to write it, to correct it for you, so that you have an evidence of what God can do. There's an evidence, maximize it. Moses had no, he had no reference point. So he, ne- he never knew that mouth could perform miracles. And so he doubted. And it got him into trouble eventually. It is good to be an expert in how you run your life. But it is better to be an expert in listening to God and obeying God. There's no greater expertise that can lead you into a place of miracles than the ability to listen to God and to obey God. Point number two, which I've already hinted. Moses lacked knowledge in God And the ways of God But the Bible says what Isaiah 55 verse 9 It says what As the heavens are higher than the earth So also are my ways higher than your ways When God speaks a thing Even though it is contrary to your human knowledge And your human understanding Hold on to it Because your miracle is in holding on to it Praise God Moses tried to stereotype God he tried to think for God and exactly how God will do what God will do. But God cannot be stereotyped. God cannot be boxed in. The way He performs a miracle today is different from the way He will do it tomorrow. At that time, He can come by a pillar of cloud. At night, He can come by a pillar of fire. The other day, He's parting the Red Sea. The other day, He's bringing water out of the rock. It's the same God. He appears to different people in different ways for different seasons. So the way he appeared to your brother may not be the same way we appear to you. The same way he speaks to your sister may not be the same way he speaks to you. God at sundry times spoke differently to all of them. And he performed miracles differently. But never rule yourself out. Never never look at yourself as incompetent. What God has created, he he told Peter, he said, don't despise it. Don't despise what God has created. Don't call what God has created common. Because God specializes in taking the ordinary things of this world and making them what? extraordinary It takes the, 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 the least likely and makes them the most mighty and there are some people that are in this room right now, you consider yourself as least likely that God cannot bring out can any good thing come out from Nazareth but yes if you yield yourself the yielding is what happens and converts into what? the miracle praise God point number three Moses never believed that what he had been using for business all these years could become a ministry tool he never believed. He, now, he had been using this same tool for business. Why would God now say that this same tool, this same rod, was going to become your source of miracle? How? The question is, how can you use your private business that you are running today and use it positively for the kingdom of God? That thing that you do from Monday to Friday or Saturday, how can you use that same knowledge, that same understanding, those same skills set? How can you use it possibly for the kingdom? It's a dilemma for some people. But Jesus Christ, in Luke, I think, chapter 5, he wanted to preach. And he collected the same boat of Peter that Peter had been using to fish all this while. And he converted it to what? To a a crusade vehicle. The same same boat that you roll into the river, throw your nets. Jesus Christ sat down on it. It was on the water and he was still preaching to people. When we talk about strategic thinking, we, we ask a question in strategic thinking. What 20 things can you do with any item that you are holding? Every item you hold right now, everything in your front, the biro, a face mask, a clock, a television, a Bible, what 20 things can you do with it? If you are able to think through to 15 to 20 things that you can do with anything, then you are well on your way to strategic thinking. God was telling Moses, think strategically. Think strategically. Your rod is not for business alone. It's for ministry. And, and see, Moses, at best, we could call Moses at that time, an aboki, a malam. Because that's what he was doing, a malam. But God converted that malam to become the greatest evangelist at that time, the greatest leader at that time. You are more than that. You have Christ in you. I don't care what you are. You have Christ in you. You can convert that your accounting knowledge, that your engineering knowledge, that your, that your uh, uh, creativity idea, that your talking, that your administrative concept, that your law, that your pharmacy, whatever you do privately, God can use it for ministry. The knowledge you have derived, it's not wasted. You're only learning in the ropes. Praise God. You must use for God what God has given to you. Otherwise, that thing is useless. Whatever you are using right now, if you are not using it for God, what God gave to you, if you are not using it for God, you have not started using that thing. So Moses was just not doing yet what he ought to do until he put it in God's hands. And God converted it to a miracle. When you release your business for God's business, miracles are inevitable for you. Inevitable for you. So you are, you are saying, how can I get back into purpose? How can I align myself to purpose? Use that thing that you are doing right now. Think about how you can convert it into use for God. You are asking, is there work in the house to do? The, everybody here right now can do several plenty things in the house. The same knowledge. Some people do interior decor. Use that same interior decor knowledge in the church. <clears throat> Some people are administrators in their office. You are... Typeist or whatever. That same knowledge is useful for the ministry. It's useful for the kingdom. Even if it's just to type the number of souls that have been won in a year and put it in Excel, it is work for the kingdom. Don't despise that which God has given to you. And don't despise that which you do from Monday to Saturday. God is in need of it. And you don't regard your job and your career above your mandate or ministry. Because if your job and your career are stripped off you, if, if you lose your job, you could lose faith in your source. Your job is not your source. It is God that is the source. If you put your faith in your job and you lose it, you'll be of all men most devastated. But thank God who never abandons us in the name of Jesus. Now, this is a very critical point which I'll try to spend a little while on. Moses obtained his rod after committing a murder. It was after Moses had done the worst thing on earth, committed the greatest sin available at that time, that he started the business, that he obtained his road. So, how can I use what I got illegally for the benefit of the gospel? How can a messed up me who has been doing all the negative things on earth Use this same thing for the benefit of the gospel. How can my child that I got out of wedlock become an evangelist for God? How can me, who has been, who, who has been committing fornication, become what? A vehicle for the gospel. How can I, who has changed figures in the office and gotten two millionaires, five millionaires, how can I pay a tithe or buy a speaker for the church from this illegal resource? It was a dilemma for Moses. But God, when you come to him, he forgets about your past. And he opens, us, he opens up the channel for your future. When you yield yourself to God, there is no past in God. God only looks at the future. It is men that consider your past. They define your future because of what you have done before. But God looks at your future alone and sees Christ in you. And sees that there is a hope for glory through you. Yeah. So the dilemma that Moses had, God solved it on the point. That same tool that you got out of mother, while you were trying to avoid the punishment of mother, I will make a great man out of you. I will make a great woman out of you. Don't rule yourself out. Because you did something. See if you do something negative and you run away from church, who will save you? Who will save you when you run away from when you run away from your savior? Who will save you? Any race away from your savior is running into destruction. So you know what? When you do wrong, you know the best place to go? Go to the house of God. When you the the highest error in your life, Run back to God. Make peace with him. And he will make greatness out of you. Moses was in that dilemma. It it was a dilemma that caused a confusion for him. But but, but something I read last night. Samson. Samson fell because of a woman. Do you still have a Bible? But the Bible recorded that after Samson's hair was shaved off, the locks of his hair was shaved off by Delilah, the man, and the barber that Delilah brought in. What happened? They got out his eyes. He was blind. But they now brought something out to disgrace him in front of the whole Philistine. All the kings, all the lords of the Philistines gathered. And Moses told the small boy, he said, just put me close to the what? To the pillar. And he prayed to God. He said, give me just what power one more time. One more time. When you pray to God, see, God is not deaf. There is no sin that you can commit that can deafen God. You see, no matter what you do, God can never become deaf. Or say, he's stopping to answer prayer because of what you did. You are not big enough to confuse God. You are not big enough to sin too much that God will not say, the blood of Jesus has finished. Stamps the head on to the pillar. Left hand here, right hand here. And the Bible recorded that In that same moment, he killed more Philistines at his death than he did in his whole life. So when you thought something was ruled out, he performed the greatest miracle of his life. God is about to do another miracle through you. In spite of the fact that there's a redness in you, he said, well, bring the redness or that looks like crimson to me and I will make it white as snow. God is going to make you bright again. See, God specializes in taking great mess and bringing out greatness out of it. And this morning I decree that God will take the collectiveness of our mess, the collectiveness of our issues and challenges and raise a great army out of this. We rise again as a people. No impediment, no limitation can stop God from doing what he says he will do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And finally, let me stop now for your rod to bud, Because a point came where there was a competition, there was a rebellion. And and the Korahites and other people, they said, why is it only Aaron? Why is it only Aaron? Because God had commanded that Moses' rod be given to Aaron and he was using it. And miracles were being performed by Aaron through the rod of Moses. Because Aaron was not a shepherd. Aaron was in Egypt. Um, He wasn't at Horeb. It was Moses that brought a rod to Egypt. So Moses' rod became Aaron's rod. And... Aaron did many miracles with that rod. And there was a rebellion. And God said, let all the tribes of Israel, let them bring what? one man rod for, their, for the leader. And God said to Moses, o Jorah, God said to Moses, write Aaron's name on his rod. He didn't tell the, the others to write their name. Oh. He said, write Aaron's name on his rod. Tomorrow morning it will be bought. So God had already fixed the fight before the fight started. Why? Aaron's rod was in active service for God. The others were just doing yo. So God what He did what? He did something that looked unfair. But when favor is in play, favor is not fair. So if I'm working for God, forget it, I will be blessed. It doesn't matter if I'm the least qualified. God would do whatever he needs to do for my benefits. God will cause my road to board again, both in my business and in ministry, if I am in active service. So stop running from God. Stop running from God. What you are doing outside church for a living, replicate it in the house of God. Replicate it in the house of God. There's nothing that you do right now outside of here that you cannot use that same knowledge, that same skill in the house of God. Use what you have right now to work for God. Your miracles are locked in this revelation. You are anointed for this. It is your rod that God will use. And God will bless you through it in Jesus' name. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real. Influence your world.